Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. So, but today I want to talk to you about the making process. You know, when we first come to Christ, um, and this is where it all starts. Before you come to Christ, you are just, uh, you're, you're, you're just a compilation of all things that have happened to you. Your emotions, your urges, your, your mistakes, your sins, your poor decisions, you're all over the map, confused and, and chaos and so forth. Or um, you think you're doing good and making money and going forward, but, but you're, you're really empty inside. But when you come to Christ, he touches you and he releases you from the consequences of sin, eternal death. He releases you from that. But we wish that we were changed in that moment to the complete picture of what God has for us. But instead, it doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It happens over the course of your life. And so we have to understand that there is a making process that God puts his hand on your life. The good thing about when God puts his hand on your life is the Holy Spirit is on you. You kind of have this, uh, you're, you're anesthetized to the pain sometimes that, that is caused when things are broken off of you because the Holy Spirit is on you. You can go through it. But make no mistake, it is a process of making. And God has a making for you. God has a, has a life for you that he wants to bring you into. Regardless of where you've been, you come to the cross, you meet Jesus. From here on, God is going to make you into the person that he's always desired for you to be. Thank the Lord for that. Can you say amen? And for most of you, it's not a little job. Isn't that true? I mean, there are some of you that are here, maybe God just needs to take a little bit of fine sandpaper and just polish your character just a tiny bit. You're the angelic ones in our midst. But for me, God had to take out a jackhammer and work on me to chisel off some things. How many know where I'm going with this? How many know you're sitting next to the very person I'm talking about? Turn to the person next to you and say, you need a jackhammer. You still need the jackhammer. <laughs> Turn to the person on the other side of you and say, you're the angelic one. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of fine sandpaper, but you're almost there. <laughs> it is a making process. And if you don't understand this, you go through life not knowing what's up or down. You're not, you go through life not, not understanding what's happening to me, God. Why am I in this? What's going on here? And you can become jaded. You can lose your faith. You can become bitter and sorrow and, and, and even walk away from the Lord. Be careful because what you're going through, God will go through with you and make you in the process. Let's take a look at this verse in Genesis chapter one. You know, we get the word Genesis from the word gene. This is the genome of scripture. And you can find everything throughout the scripture in the seed form in, in Genesis. It's, it's a pretty cool thing because this is the seed and the rest of the Bible is the flourishing of all that God you know, plants here in these very first chapters of this book. And so in Genesis chapter one, the Bible says in verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. In other words, God is saying, let us make man in our image. And so God wants to make you in the image of God. 
He wants to make you in the image of God. This is his desire. This is his goal. He's not deterred. He knows who you are. He knows you're not in his image yet, but God is going to work on you. God, ha- God wants you to be his man of God in the earth, his woman of God in the earth. Amen? It is an, it is an awesome thing. So, th- so this is the will of God. He speaks it now. Here we are 6,000 years later. He's not, he's not deterred. He's not, he's not changed plans. He's still going to make you in his image. Come to Christ. Get forgiven. Get baptized. Get into the things of God. Get the Holy Spirit in you. And now we're in this process where God is saying, I'm going to make you in my image. It goes a bit further in chapter 2, and it says this in verse 7. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth. Now, I want again, this is the genome of what was actually happening here. But God forms us. And this word form actually means to pull and straighten and pop and crack and vex and distress like you would clay, modeling, forming, shaping man from the dust of the ground. And this is kind of what is happening right now. God is shaping you from the dirt of your life, from the dust of the earth. God is forming and shaping you. God has not changed his will for you. Now, Adam was made in the image of God, Adam and Eve, but they fell into sin. And so we know that that he first was in the image of God, they fell into sin, but Jesus Christ comes and redeems us from that. But God now is is going back to that, his will, that, that, that purpose to form you from the dust of the ground into the image of God. Now, some of this in this process is painful, Some of it is difficult, but God wants to show you, listen, I'm working on you. Stay faithful. Hang in there because I have something great for you. James, the um, pastor to the church in Jerusalem, he speaks to the church at large in this letter. And he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, all different things. Now what? Now, you're not going to believe what happened. Now, what? it's a different kind of trial. But you know what? You're going to face it. <laughs> You'll be in the middle of it. But God is with you. God is with you. This is very important that we understand this because God is forming us. He's not lazy. He's working. He's not neglected. He's working. He's not blown away by how, how, how much work he has to do on you. He's able. He's able. Amen? He is capable to do miracles. Thank you, Lord. But consider pure joy when you fall into all these different trials because you know that the testing of your faith, this is what's happening to us. This is the foundation of all the rest of your walk with the Lord is your faith. It's very important that your faith is tested and it grows. It's probed. It's, it's pulled. It's shaped. It's taxed. My faith is being stretched. Well, that's God. And your faith is going to grow out of that. And it develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work. There's a work of perseverance so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So God says, I want you to be mature and complete and not lacking anything. Everybody say anything. I don't want to be lacking anything. I want to have compassion. I want to have goodness. I want to have forgiveness. I don't want to be lacking anything. 
I want to have strength and power and, and, and faith and miracles. I don't want to be lacking anything. God will bring you to the place where you will not be lacking these things. But he's got, he's got, he's got to bring you along. It is a process. And so James is saying this. There are different kinds of trials. You know, the, the, the word trials, what, what that really means is it's a circumstance that not, would not be of your choosing. It's a trial. It's a test. It's a struggle. A difficulty. You've lost something. There's a brokenness there. A hurt. Maybe, maybe you lost something very precious. A relationship, a marriage, a child. But you're in this thing now. It's a trial. You wouldn't bring it in on yourself. But take heart. God will walk with you through it and bring something out of it. Can you say amen? You know, when uh, Jesus was walking with his disciples, the two of James and John said to him, um, Lord, grant to us this favor. Actually, they said, whatever we ask. You know, it's kind of funny. Grant to us whatever we ask. And Jesus said, what is it? And he said, that we would be able to sit on your right hand and on your left when you enter into your kingdom. And the Lord says, well, you don't really know what you're asking, but can you drink of this cup that I'm about to drink? And they said, yes, we can. And he said, indeed, you will. Not knowing, these disciples, that he was headed to Jerusalem to be captured, to be bound, to be tortured, to be put on the cross naked and crucified. Can you suffer? Can you go through betrayal? Can you go through misunderstanding? Can you lose your reputation? Can you be, can you be suffering loss? Can you do that? The Lord says, no, I'm going to do a deep spiritual work in you in the midst of the difficulty. It's the making process where God says, you're not going to go through this and be worse. You're not going to go through this and be in bondage. You're not going to go through this and be messed up. You're going to go through this and get softer and get tender and get made into the image of God. Can you thank the Lord for his faithfulness? <clears throat> but you see, our life perspective is not that we would suffer. It's not that we would walk through a trial. Our life perspective is that it would be as close to paradise as it can possibly be. We want things to be smooth. We want things to be wonderful. We want things to be comfortable and cozy and nice and cute. And that's what we want. But, but uh, uh, unfortunately, we live here on the earth where we're in the midst of life's struggles. And you will go through things. But in the midst of those things that you go through, God will go through it with you, taking out of you stuff that needs to be taken out, breaking off of you stuff that needs to be broken off, putting into you things that need to be put in. He's making you in the midst of the trial. Now, God, I just want to cruise like in a Buick, nice and smooth down a country road with the sun just about setting and you know, windows down and ice cream, chocolate ice cream. I just want, but, but that's not life. Amen. And if it was, you would be a mess. You would be weak. You'd be soft. You'd be an ice cream eater. <laughs> but God has more for you than that. It's the testing of your faith. It's the probing and the stretching of your faith that God will walk you into this trial. Now, sometimes it's an attack of the enemy. <clears throat> sometimes it's just a struggle of life because life is a struggle. I want you to know we're not living in paradise. All you have to do is take one look at Ukraine 
and see that, you know, there are struggles all over the world. There are terrible things happening all over the world. I can't look at what's happening there without seeing my own grandchildren, my own children through the eyes of all the suffering that's going on there. But I think the same thing about these other places that are, that are experiencing very difficult suffering. But just because you leave, live in America doesn't mean that you're living the high life. Amen? I, I maybe shouldn't go there, but before the Lord showed up in Sodom and Gomorrah, everybody was partying. They, they didn't see it the way the Lord saw it. You might not see the situation you're in the way the Lord sees it. God is saying, look, I'm going to pull you out of that and bring you into the image of God. I'm going to make something out of you. And you're saying, look, I just want to get to the top. I just want to have some money. I just want to have a Mercedes. I just want to have a nice house. I just, but God's saying, but I have something greater for you than that. God's not concerned about you having some things. He just doesn't want those things to have you. And so God wants to work on us. Thank the Lord he's faithful. It's the testing of your faith. What is faith? I want to give you this practical definition here. It is the level of, it is your level, because levels are different with, you know, and your, your, your level of faith will actually even grow as you walk with the Lord. But it's your level of trust and knowledge of who God is and who God is in your life. My faith is my trust and knowledge, and those go together. You cannot separate the two of those because belief is not just, belief is not faith. I believe, I really believe, I just believe, I just read. But based on what? See, it has to be based on truth. The truth is, here's what God says. That's what I believe. And you know that? I, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen God work. I know that he knows who I am. I have faith because I've been here before. I have faith to know that God can calm the storm. I've seen him do it. I have faith to know that God knows who I am and that his work is good in my life. He works all things together for good in my life. How do I know? I have trust because I've been there before and I've seen him never fail me. Can you say amen? Your faith grows in knowledge and in this trust of who God is and who he is to you. This is faith, but God is testing it. He wants it to grow. He wants it to strengthen. He wants it to be able to expand. And so your faith is tested through trials and tribulations. Your faith will grow. And it's the foundation of every other thing that's going to happen in your life is, is your walk with the Lord and the fact that you know that you know of who God is. And it develops perseverance. The Bible says perseverance must finish its work, must finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, perseverance, um, the word there in the English translation is translated from th these words, hopeful endurance. See, see, my faith being tested produces in me this hopeful endurance. I'm, I'm not collapsing. I don't have this dire outlook. I'm in the middle of this thing. It is not going to end well. No, no, that's not perseverance. Perseverance is a hopeful endurance. Amen? You know, because you've been in it before, that God is for you. He's going to walk you through this thing. You're going to be good. God is doing something in your life. God, what are you doing in this situation? I'm in the middle of this mess. But I have hopeful endurance, God, that you're doing something in me. Why do I feel like this? You must be doing something in me. Are you there, church? Are you there? Are you there? You're with me in the balcony. It's a hopeful endurance. 
So whatever it is you're going through, go through it with this perseverance, with this hopeful endurance. Amen? Because God is for you. You know, do you have an outlook, even though you're in the midst of something that is good? I have, a, I have an outlook that this thing is going to end well, because I know God. See, I might be on this adventure. It might seem like it's torturous, but I'm going to get on the other end of it, because I know, I have a hopeful endurance that God has a purpose in this whole thing. I ride mountain bikes with some friends of mine. In fact, they might even be here, so I don't want to rat them out, but... It's kind of funny because one guy will crash, fall off his bike, land in the woods, and, uh, you know, everybody surrounds me. You okay? You okay? <laughs> but then some of these guys of little faith don't have hopeful endurance, but instead they have this dire prediction. Whoa, you just missed that rock. Oh, man, you almost went off the cliff. Man, if your foot got caught in that tree, you'd have been, you broke your leg. Oh, man, you just barely missed that thing. It could have poked your eye out. Oh, man. And I tell him, hey, guys, he fell. He's fine. Let's get back on and ride. Yeah, but I'm telling you, he almost fell off the cliff, but he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> And sometimes we get into a middle of the middle of a trial and we think, oh no, and this is going to happen. And then that, we project all these things. Wait, walk with God. See if he doesn't have something awesome for you. Get back on the bike and ride this thing. Amen. It's, it's a hopeful endurance. And, and perseverance is my state of mind. Perseverance is my state of mind. I have a hopeful endurance. I know I'm in the middle of this thing. I know I'm feeling lost, I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling broken, I'm feeling misunderstood or whatever. But I have a hopeful endurance that I'm going to get through this thing. It's my state of mind. And then uh, maturity is my state of being. I'm walking with the Lord. I need to know God is big. He's strong. He's never failed me. This is my state of being. This is how I live. I'm going to walk with God. In my state of mind... I got hopeful endurance in the thing, but I'm walking with the Lord. This is my state of being. And this, this, this endurance, this hopeful endurance with a mature uh, state of being produces a completeness. And the Bible says not lacking anything, not lacking anything. I want to be completely free. What, what is completeness? Complete, not lacking. Completely free. I need to change to fall off of me. I might have some stuff I'm still struggling with, but God, you're working on me. And my, my, my prophetic word over my life, if God, is that you're bringing me to a, be completely free. Can you say amen? amen? This is the promise of God. Completely strong. Strong in my mind. Strong in my resolve. Strong in my body. I want to be strong. I want to be completely kind, tenderhearted, forgiveness, you know, you know why we, um, we struggle with the principles of God, even though we know we should forgive, we struggle with the principle of God because we don't have the character to be able to pull it off. We don't have the kindness and the grace in our, we even will say it, I know I should forgive, it's just not in me. What they're saying is, I don't have this complete kindness or this complete tenderness, I don't have this complete grace working in my life, so I can't forgive. So I'm going to hold on to this unforgiveness and I will walk in bitterness. And you're going to notice this bitterness in me because I'm going to become more and more toxic. And before you know it, I'm going to be an old, grumpy, bitter. But be careful because God wants to make you into his image. You need to be completely kind so that in your heart, like Jesus, who was walked to the cross and tortured to death, he was, he was on the cross saying, forgive them, Father. 
for they know not what they do. That was completely gracious, complete grace, complete happiness. You know, you can be happy in every circumstance. This verse says, consider it pure joy when you fall into this stuff. I want to stay happy. You know, happy is a gift from God that, that is a barometer to your soul. I can tell when I'm not right. I even will ask myself sometimes, why am I not happy? Why am I bothered? What's irking me? Because I have a barometer in my spirit that's happiness. And, and even though I might be going through something, that, that thing can stay there. I still can have the joy of the Lord in my life because I'm not up and down with circumstances. I have this happiness. And you know what? When I'm not happy, I need to find out why. And it's so amazing when you ask yourself, why am I not happy? The Holy Spirit will tell you. I'll tell you why. <laughs> but you have to listen and say, you know what, Lord, you're right. I do need to forgive. You know what, Lord, you're right. I do need to go make that right. You know what, Lord, you're right. I do need to go and fix this thing. Complete hum humility. Um, you know, to be humble. When you're humble, God can trust you with things. When you're not humble, God is not going to put something on you that's going to make you more prideful. You know, humility is like, it's like, it's like the thing that you have to have in order for God to trust you with more. See, because when you're prideful, you think it's you. Well, I did say the right thing there, didn't I? I did make the right move. I did, I did kind of corner that person right there. I did. I, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Be careful. You're being prideful, and God's not going to be able to trust you with anything. I'm speaking to somebody here today. Me. I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> Come on, shout it out. Pastor, you're talking to yourself. Yeah, I feel bad for beautiful people because they, they struggle with humility. I know uh, I might piano recital where I won first prize. I always win first prize, piano recital. I, you think God's going to be able to trust that person with anything of power, spirit, nature, anything of substance? He's got to, he's got to bring that person down to the, you understand you are a servant of the Lord. The only thing you are is what God makes you. I saw you before God got his hands on you and it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. And God wants to knock pride off. But you know what? When a prideful person will protect their pride. And the more pride you have, the easier it is to be humbled. I remember one time uh, I worked for a boss, big highfalutin office, you know, big, big man on campus would go around the place telling everybody what they're doing wrong. And then uh, one day, I mean, I had a fairly decent car. One day I pull up to him next to him in the red light, and he's, he's like in this Yugo. Do you know what a Yugo is? It's before... It's before Kias and Hyundai's and all these other cars. He's in this, and so I was beeping at him, hey! And he's like, this is my, this is my son's car, I tried to, oh, come on, you don't, you don't have to. <laughs> when you're very prideful, it doesn't take much to bring humility. I wanna be completely stable. I want to be completely stable. I want to be able to go through the test with God and not be unstable, not lose my mind, 
not lose my friends, not lose my testimony, not lose my walk with God. I want to be stable. How many know God has stability for you in him? He wants to bring you from a place of instability when everything hits the fan to a place of stability where you say, you know what? I'm walking through this with the Lord and God is good. Can you say amen? Not lacking, not lacking faith, not lacking knowledge, not lacking wisdom, not lacking adventure. I'm not lacking these things. I'm in the middle of something with God, but you know what? Let it be an adventure. I want to walk with God in, in, in adventurous things, not, not lacking vision or tenderness or submission and, 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 and less control, less control. Sometimes God wants to work on you just so that you'll let go of the reins for a bit. Can you give it over to God? Can you let go of the control? Can you let go of micromanaging everything, being worried about every little thing? Can you let go? Sometimes people are so fearful, and it comes out in this way of being controlling. And God loves you. He doesn't want to see that be a bondage in your life. And so he brings you into situations where you have no control. Okay, now you lost control. Now you can't fix this. You're not in charge. Are you going to be okay? Are you going to lose your happiness? Are you going to lose your way? Because God wants to pull off of you the stuff that, that has so caused this control spirit to be on you. It's bondage. It's bondage. I remember when I was laying in the hospital bed before I was getting ready to go for surgery after I broke my neck. I was just laying there and I couldn't move my head one inch. Couldn't move it an eighth of an inch. And the doctor was in there talking to me. And I had this sense of peace on me because I had no control. The doctor's telling me, okay, we're going to take you. We're going to flip you upside down. We're going to put a big, giant, long slice in the back of your head and neck. We're going to open up your spine. We're going to fish around there with some big forks and spoons and things. Pull out all the bone chips. Then we're going to put big screws and rods and wires and paste. And then we're going to staple you all back together. Okay. <laughs> what do you say there, Steve? I told him, well, get a good night's sleep. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> Doc, do you think I'm going to come out of this okay? Doc's like, pray. <laughs> Lord, take control off of us, God. I give it over to you. I'm in your world, God. I'll follow you. Lead, Holy Spirit, and I'll follow. Can you say Amen less controlling, less pride. I'll tell you, this stuff does not come off you easily. It gets broken off of us. Less fear, less insecurities, less, less overreaction, less depression. It multiplies. You know, the Bible says, if we go back to that verse, it says, consider it pure joy. And to me, this is the key where James is telling these people, the key to living with God and being made in his image is to not lose your joy in this thing. You're going through this thing, but make sure you, you understand you're looking, at the, you're looking at the little picture. God's looking at the big picture. He's going to use this circumstance to mold you and shape you. He's going to use this circumstance to pull out of you what only this dire situation could allow him to dig that deep and to pull this thing out. And granted, sometimes there's pain with that, but you got to just thank God and say, Lord, I consider it pure joy. You're doing something here, God. You're doing something. 
You're doing something in me. I remember that when I was laying there in the hospital bed, I was asking God why I lived. And he, he told me at that time, he says, I'm going to share with you something about life that you don't know. And, and I could only, I had to, he had to bring me to the edge of this thing to be able to show me this deep truth. And over the next few months as I was recovering, God was speaking to me about life, profound truths about life and why it is precious, why it is precious and why it can't just be disregarded and why you just can't kill, why you just can't disregard because life is precious and people are precious. They're made in the image of God and they are God's creation from the womb to the tomb. But freedom doesn't just come off of you. Bondage is broken off. See, it, it, it is a process where I want to be free. God says, will you let me touch then this thing that's, that's got you bound? Because if I break it off, it's going to be painful. And I, I can only break it off when you get to this point where you're in that type of fire. You're in the furnace and it's to the degrees now that it's going to melt these chains off of you, melt these ropes off of you. But I'm going to do something good here, so count it all a joy. Because I'm going to be working on you and it's going to be a good thing. The problem is, folks, the thing God wants to break off of you is the thing you will hold on to the dearest. You, will, you, you are experts at staying strong in your flesh. I know how to make excuses. I know how to justify. I know how to let everybody know why I am the way I am, and this is just how I am, and this is, nobody's going to change me, and not even God. Well, this is why it's hard, and this is why it's painful, because God is saying, what I'm trying to do in you, you're holding on to with a death grip. And the word of the Lord is to you today. Listen, you find yourself in a trial, count it all a joy. Because this is not something you could do to yourself. This is not something you would walk yourself into. But you find yourself there and God is going to do something good through this trial. So I count it all a joy. <laughs> you know, uh, the things that you will make excuses for, God doesn't make an excuse for it. He's, 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 he's fixated on making you into his image Let's say you make a bunch of poor decisions and you justify it. This is just who I am. I don't do a lot of deep thought. You know, I, I, can't, I, I could care less. I'm a little bit more of like a surfer dude. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little bit lazy and lackadaisical. You know, I'm, I'm cavalier. You know, so I, so I made some poor choice. So I made a bad decision. So I married the wrong person. You know, so I bought the wrong thing. So I, and, and the thing is, God is trying to show you, no, no, I'm going to make you to my image. I'm going to make you a man of wisdom. Because you're going to be a, a, a husband of wisdom and then a grandfather of wisdom. I'm, you're going to be a source of wisdom. Well, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have wisdom. Well, guess what? God's going to let you sit in that mess and say, God, what are you trying to teach me here? I've lost this. I broke that. I, I'm, 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 I'm hurt. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm destitute here, God. What are you trying to show me? And God says, you need wisdom. Because to think about your life and your decisions is a value that you don't have. And you need to have that value. You're gonna be a leader in your home, a leader to your family. You need to be able to think about this. You can't make stupid decisions. 
If you're dumb, you're going to reap the, uh, the reward of dumbness over and over again until God finally gets his hands on you and says, I want to teach you wisdom and the value of it. And so he won't let you escape because he's making you into his image. No more excuses. You know, hey, what do I know? I'm, 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 the, I'm the husband. I don't know. Ask your mother. I don't know. Ask your mother. I don't know. You know, <laughs> these kids. Who knows? They're so smart these days. You know, I don't know. I, you can't outthink them. Yes, you can. Stop being lazy. You're smarter than them. You used to be 13. You know how to outsmart a 13-year-old. Come on, fathers. But God is saying this. Look, I'm going to make you a thinker. You're going to make some good decisions for your future, for, for your family. Can you say amen? you got to let go of that, you know, hey, I don't know, just pop open another beer and hope it all goes away. God's saying, i got more for you than that. I'm going to make you into my image. You're not going to be that anymore. Everyone said amen. And all the wives. <laughs> it's the women, too. I'm going to uh, talk about that on Mother's Day. <laughs> Make sure you come, bring everyone. <laughs> Let's have a worship team come up. In every circumstance, trust God. Trust God. Because God is working on you. Don't let it just be painful. Let it be productive. Don't let it just be for nothing. Count it all a joy because God is stretching your faith, teaching you perseverance, making you more mature, complete, lacking nothing, growing in the image of God. I might not be all the way there, but God, you're working on me. So if you're in the middle of something right now, if you're in the midst of something right now, I want you to know the thing that might be causing pain, say, God, what, what are you doing in me? It's not her. It's not him. It's me you're working on, God. I know the situation is weird. I know the situation is hurtful. I know you're losing control. I know you're not able to describe it to others. I know you can't complain and others get it. You're in the middle of this thing, but you're with the Lord, and, and, and you need to say, God, I want to count this all a joy that you brought me to this place, and you're working on me. What is it, God, that you want to teach me through this situation? No matter what you're in the midst of right now, I want you to know God is with you, and God will teach you some powerful things. The deep spiritual truths of commitment and convictions, boldness, compassion, humility, they don't come to you on a cruise ship. They come to you in the midst of the fire. They come to you as you're walking through the deep water with the Lord. And you know, many times, can I tell you something, church? Many times, you don't go this journey with a lot of other people. A lot of times, you're on the rocky crag. It's only wide enough for one person, you and the Lord. And you're on this narrow place, and the only one that really knows what's happening, the only one that gets your reputation, your misunderstanding, your mischaracterization, the betrayal, the loss. The only one that gets it is the Lord. And you're on this trial, this tribulation, count it all a joy. 
Now, I think about, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews, there's a great cloud of witnesses watching us. Great cloud of witnesses. Do you think they're up there saying to one another, how about that time we were sitting in that field and it was so beautiful and nice and breezy and... No, they're talking about... Remember that time I was on the rocky crag all by myself with, in misunderstanding and God was there with me? Let me show you my battle scars. Let me show you my wounds. My grandfather was attacked by a leopard. He was a missionary in, in Zimbabwe. And uh, there was a leopard that was attacking the, the cattle and the livestock. And so they went out to hunt it and trap it. And they, they did trap it, but it chewed its paw off to get out of the trap. And that's what they do sometimes. They're pretty, they're pretty, pretty tough. Chewed its paw off to get out of the trap. And it was sitting there on a rock. And they went to check the trap. And this thing jumped off the rock, out of the, out of the uh, camouflage, jumped out of the rock, and came at my grandfather, and he, he shot a couple of times. He shot and missed, but then uh, he was attacked by the leopard, and the leopard just tore him up, tore his bicep off, tore his back, the back of his neck, was trying to kill him. And his, his close confidant that he was with called him Mfundis, which means teacher in, in uh, Swahili took his spear, and he speared the leopard off of my grandfather, pushed it to the ground. My grandfather got up, reloaded his gun, and shot it. But then he was 14 hours in the back of a jeep, losing blood to bull a whale to be stitched up. And he was a month in recuperation in the hospital. And he didn't come home to the U.S. He went back to the mission field, all stitched up with no bicep. But till the day he died, he would have this poem and I think it was by uh, Amy Simple McPherson. I might be wrong. But the title of it is, Hath Thou No Scar? And the poem says, How far have you traveled? And what have you done? Hath thou no scar? And I think that this life, what God wants from us, with us, is to change us into his image. We will go through some things. We might get some scars. But how far have you traveled? And what have you done if you have no scar? Nothing deep. Nothing profound. I want to close by saying this. You're not just a vanilla person. A noodle. No character. Neutral. You are a very edgy, interesting person created by God. You have some girth. You have some depth. You have character. But it doesn't come to you through the womb. It comes to you through the trials of life. You can speak like other people can't speak about situations. You can relate. You can forgive. You can have compassion. Why? Because you've been through something. This is your character now. The principles that God teaches us in his word can be applied because the character that has been worked into us. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.